Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming with you at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross and Will East, at least for right now. Michael Borky is out all week. He is in, I think I can say, yeah, I think he has said where he was going, so I can say it. He's in Jamaica on his honeymoon. You have to say Mon after that. And Mon, I uh, I encouraged him not to do things that... um, might be legal there that are perhaps legal where we live while he was away. And he's like, I don't think you're going to have to worry about me getting in trouble. It's like, uh, okay, man, good. So uh, Michael and Katie got married on Saturday, and he has gone radio silent since. He did tweet one thing yesterday. It was very, it was a very Michael Borky tweet. It was very understated. Uh, he wasn't arguing with anybody on Twitter. His, his tweet just said, I did a thing today. She was more beautiful than any picture could show. See y'all in a week. And uh, he put a picture of uh, Katie very artistically standing in a window. So beautiful bride. Happy Saturday for uh, them and uh, off enjoying a little little time off. So I, I did, Will, start to uh, to tweet at Borky, say, hey, what time should I expect you to uh, send the rundown for today? <laughs> Um, I don't know that I would have gotten a response to uh, to that. So congratulations to uh, to Michael and Katie, and I know a bunch of you uh, reached out to him via Twitter and told him congratulations. I'm sure he appreciated that. Sports Talk is brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank Online, mslandbank.com, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing needs of any kind, and you are in North Mississippi, then Mississippi Land Bank is the place to go. you got to figure out a way to pay for it. Well, that's what they do. They've been financing land for over 100 years. It's farmland. They can help you with that. If it's not farmland, maybe it's a dream home on a piece of property that's out in the country just a little bit, Mississippi Land Bank can help. Equipment loans, refinancing, building a shop, buying a piece of property that's going to be a hunting spot, all of those things, and you're dealing with just the finest people that you'll ever come across at Mississippi Land Bank. MSLandBank.com, where they know the lay of the land. How was your weekend, Will? Uh, very good. Uh, you know, the big night that Derrick Henry had for the Tennessee Titans, and he scored more fantasy points than anybody had scored in a long time, and I thought, well, you know what, maybe I'll still win. It wouldn't have mattered if he'd have scored 70 points. I got my butt smoked and got eliminated from my fantasy league uh, in the playoffs. So, uh, other than that, so you were in, you were into the playoffs, though. I was in the playoffs. It was the first round of the playoffs, and I thought there for a moment I had a chance. I had Derrick Henry on my bench. That kind of hurt me, but it wouldn't have mattered again if he had the guy who I had uh, playing up playing against me. He had everybody. Everybody scored over like 30 points. It was remarkable how many points he scored. 
Did, did you know pretty quickly? No, I, I thought there was a, a moment I had a chance, and then it was like all of a sudden the stars aligned and just everything went perfect for him. And, man, just got left in the dust. I had uh, Barkley. I had uh, Aaron Rodgers. A lot of great players. Gronkowski. A lot of great players. But this guy was so far ahead of me, it's not even close. (sighs) Well, fantasy football season comes to an end, and maybe your level of productivity goes up just a little. (laughs) Yeah, maybe there's a silver lining there. I was trying to look and see who all he had. Oh, he had... uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, McCaffrey, he had uh, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Joe Mixon from Cincinnati. He, he had Detroit's defense. Detroit's defense has sucked all year long. Yesterday they got 17 <laughs> points against Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> so the deck was stacked against yes. you and you didn't even know it. Very much. It was so. a good sports weekend. Uh, it was a different sports weekend. So yeah, if you rewind, what, six weeks, maybe two months ago, you remember when we would come on on Monday afternoons and we would start kind of walking through what happened over the weekend and what was coming up? And even last week when you had the college football playoff set and the SEC championship game had just happened and all that stuff, and you're like, holy cow, all of that happened in one weekend. Well, it was a different weekend, but it's largely I think that's because we look at college football so much differently. But it was not a weekend without news. So you had the Heisman Trophy on Saturday night. Kyler Murray, the winner of the Heisman, he finished um, about 300 points in front of Tua Tonga-Vailoa, which is, I mean, that's kind of blowout range. I mean, it, there certainly have been bigger blowouts in the Heisman than that, but it really wasn't close. And here's the crazy thing. 517 votes for Kyler Murray, first-place votes. That was... 218 more first-place votes than Tua Tonga-Vailoa. He had 299, compared to 517 for Kyler Murray. So my question is this. If your vote had to have been turned in after the final weekend of the regular season, would the results have been different? Would it have been different if you didn't take the championship game performances into account. Because what's the last thing that you saw from those two guys? You saw Kyler Murray leading OU to a Big 12 championship against Texas. Early morning start, everybody was watching that game. It was a fairly entertaining game. He threw for 375-ish yards and three touchdowns and no interceptions. That's what Kyler Murray did. What did Tua Tagovailoa do? They got hurt on the second play of the game. He threw two interceptions, which what matched his number for the entire season. And he just wasn't very good. And he was replaced by Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter, who engineered the comeback and caused Alabama to win the SEC championship. So that was the lasting thought. That was your final... It was like the last piece of mail that you got in your mailbox, or the last TV ad that you saw right before you went to the poll. So should that have an effect? I mean, it can have an impact, but should it sway you one way or the other after you've watched an entire campaign, after you've watched an entire season of results? I don't know if we'll ever know for sure how much that swayed one way or the other, but it's hard to believe that people who talked all season long about the fact that Tonga Bailoa was the runaway favorite, it was going to be an absolute landslide in the Heisman Trophy, 
to have him finish a distant second. And Dwayne Haskins got only 46 first-place votes. So Murray got 517 first-place votes, 278 second-place votes, and 60 third-place votes. Those were the only three, Murray, Tonga and Haskins, that were invited to the final. Will Greer finished fourth, Gardner Minshew, Mississippi's own, by way of a lot of different places, right? By way of Northwest Mississippi Community College and East Carolina and ultimately Washington State. Was there somewhere before Northwest? He started somewhere else, didn't he? Didn't he commit to Troy? Yes. Yes, that's right. Troy to Northwest to East Carolina to Washington State. It's kind of like that Johnny Cash song. I've been to uh, Troy, you know. I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> so Minshew finished fifth. Then it was McKenzie Milton, Travis Etienne, the running back from uh, from Clemson. Quinnen Williams, a defensive lineman from Alabama, got one first-place vote. Jonathan Taylor, the running back from Wisconsin, got a vote. And then Daryl Henderson, the Memphis Tiger, finished tenth in the voting. He got three second-place votes and 15 third-place votes. So um, most points ever for a runner-up go to Tua Tagovailoa, for whatever that means. Also on Saturday, Army beat Navy for the third consecutive year for the first time in the history of the United States Military Academy. Army at West Point. The Golden Knights, sorry, not the Golden Knights, the Black Knights, win the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy in consecutive years. Never been done before. Yesterday afternoon, you got the news that Mike McIntyre is named or was going to be named new defensive coordinator at Ole Miss. Credit to uh, Brian Scott Rippey. He uh, he had, I think, the first story that was up in about 45 seconds. It's funny, he and I were talking yesterday and he was getting that story up and uh, the guys at, at Rebel Grove, uh, Neil and Chase, um, got that story up and we put one up at about the exact same time. Uh, great work by uh, Brian Scott chasing that story down. So Mike McIntyre, new defensive coordinator at Ole Miss. On the basketball front this weekend, Mississippi State goes to New Jersey. Newark, New Jersey. They play at the Prudential Center against Clemson out of the ACC. And the Bulldogs get a really good win. Mississippi State up to number 18 in the AP poll. They've got just one loss on the season. That's to a pretty good Arizona State team. Talk more about that later this afternoon with Brian Haydad. Ole Miss goes to normal Illinois, and they went over Illinois State on Saturday night. What a finish yesterday in South Florida. How about that play, Will, at the end of the Dolphins-Patriots game? Unbelievable. It was unbelievable. When you we'll have get into Gronk it. back there as defensive back, it's not good, first of all. Yeah. What was it, Kenyon Drake? And so I think it was even Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback, goes, I looked up and I saw Gronk, and I was like, we're going to win! And the Saints, a little sluggish early. They get it rolling. They beat Tampa Bay. So that's a sample of what happened this weekend and some of what we're going to talk about this afternoon. More coming up with you at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi.
Tide Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Brian Haydad will join us all about 40 minutes or so from right now. He'll spend the entire 4 o'clock hour with us, and then Brian Scott Rippey will come on board in the 5 o'clock hour this afternoon. You can text the show on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. This holiday season, C Spire is giving away a free Samsung Galaxy S9 when you add a new line and trade in a qualifying device. Give the best gift ever with Galaxy S9's beautiful 12-megapixel dual-aperture camera. No trade-in, no problem. You'll still get $420 off, and again, It's the network with twice the nationwide LTE, hooking you up with a free Galaxy S9 when you switch and trade in. Shop online or stop by a store. C-Spire, customer-inspired. That's C-Spire text line, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Great to be with you this afternoon. So the news yesterday afternoon, um, I guess it was about this time, Ole Miss has found its defensive coordinator, Mike McIntyre, formerly the head coach most recently at the University of Colorado, uh, agreed to become Ole Miss's defensive coordinator. A three-year, $1.5 million per year deal. And this ends a week, a week and a half of kind of craziness among Ole Miss fans wondering who was going to be next. So much of the uh, the search revolved around the name Pete Golding, who is the 34-year-old co-defensive coordinator at Alabama. And there was absolutely legitimate interest between Ole Miss and Pete Golding. And you know, the, the interesting thing there, are, and I think this has been reported pretty widely, there were a lot of people that were kind of in the college football world that just scoffed at the idea that Pete Golding would even consider Ole Miss, but he did. And, I mean, I think there were probably multiple reasons. I think one of those reasons was um, a significant offer financially that Ole Miss made, and the other was the fact that uh, pretty strong ties to the state of Mississippi. It was an opportunity to come back home. But Pete Golding was also being advised by people that, were in the coaching industry, that were in the agent community, and he was being advised that it made more sense for him, like a lot more sense for him to stay put at Alabama as a coordinator. He was going to get a raise, and this would put him, staying put would put him on the fastest track to becoming a head coach, whether it's in the SEC or otherwise. And so ultimately, when Ole Miss realized that Pete Golding was not going to happen, they went to Mike McIntyre, who had been in Oxford on Thursday with his wife, had visited with, had dinner with Matt Luke. They had talked. And there have been some people that are pretty close to the, the entire kind of process that have said to me that, uh, you know, all along, that, that the Pete Golding interest was real and the, the verbal offer was real and the consideration on his, uh, on his part, Pete Golding's, was real. But at the same time, there was an extremely high level of comfort that Matt Luke had with Mike McIntyre. They had worked together at Duke. Uh, McIntyre was on the staff, I guess maybe for one year while Matt Luke was still a player at Ole Miss. 
Um, there is the David Cutcliffe tie between those two guys. Matt Luke played for and coached under David Cutcliffe. And uh, obviously uh, Mike McIntyre was on David Cutcliffe's staff at Ole Miss and then again at Duke. And that was something that Matt Luke, I was told, was extremely comfortable with. And then they were able to convince McIntyre to take the job. $10.3 million is the buyout that Colorado owes him. And you hear a lot about the idea of offset language. Offset language means when you get fired from one job and there's a buyout, if you go get another job, then the amount of buyout is reduced by the salary of your new job. So let's just say that Will has a buyout in his contract. Will, this is completely hypothetical. You're not about to get fired. There ain't no buyout in this contract, but Leah, let's go with it. Yeah, yes, for 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 the the simplistic sake. So let, let's say that uh, that Will's salary that that Will is on a on a three year, hundred thousand dollar a year contract, and with two years to go in his deal, he's fired, and there was a you know a full buyout for whatever was left on his salary. And so there's a $200,000 buyout that would be paid out over the course of two years. Same terms as the actual contract. But he's got to go away. But any new job that Will got would then offset the amount of the buyout. So, uh, again, just use it, we'll call it 8000 bucks a month is what the buyout would be for 24 months. Well, if Will goes and gets a new job that pays him $6,000 a month, then all of a sudden he only gets $2,000 a month toward the buyout. That's how the offset language works. There was offset language in the contract for Mike McIntyre when he got fired from Colorado. However, that offset language had to do with being a head coach. And so because he did not take a head coaching job... As I understand it, Mike McIntyre will receive the entire $10.3 million buyout in addition to the million and a half dollars a year for the next three years that he will get for Ole Miss. Which is, in summary, good work if you can get it. <laughs> right? Very, very good work. Very good work. Yeah, now, so, is, is that common for it to be that specific? You have to get a head coaching job? Or is that kind of... Uh, kind of rare, Richard. My, my my guess would be that that's just what his agent negotiated. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's language that maybe is a little more common for an existing head coach. But I mean, you've got coordinators that have buyout language and or have offset language in their their contracts also. Um, and and I've got no idea if any of that language is in the old Miss contract um, with Mike McIntyre or not. Who knows. Um, but, you know, let's say that, oh, pick one, uh, offensive coordinator for, well, I don't know who it is now, but let's say it was Mike Loxley, uh, that, that Alabama had wanted to fire Mike Loxley. Um, there probably would have been some sort of language that, you know, his buyout would be reduced by wherever he got a job next. Anyway. 29-year coaching veteran, five seasons in the NFL, uh, second stint at Ole Miss for Mike McIntyre. He also worked uh, in Oxford from 99 to 2002. He was a graduate assistant at Georgia for a couple of years, defensive coordinator at Davidson. I'm not really sure who the Platling Blackhawks are. I don't know if that's a high school team or what. 
He coached at UT Martin, at Temple, at Ole Miss, as both a wide receivers coach and a DB's coach. Spent some time in Dallas as a DB's coach, then at the Jets, went back to work for David Cutcliffe at Duke 2008-2009. Kind of did some miracle work at San Jose State. That might be the most difficult job in all of college football, and he got them to a bowl game, I guess in his last year there, and then was the head coach at Colorado. And though it didn't end well at Colorado, two years ago he was the National Coach of the Year and led Colorado to its first um, first 10-win season in 15 years and had them playing in the, uh, the Pac-12 championship game. So to me, the other thing that, that kind of is interesting here is you get another guy with head coaching experience on the staff. So Matt Luke will be going next year into his third year as a head coach. One year as the interim head coach this past season, his first year as the full-time head coach, and next year will be year three. You've also got Jack McNell on staff, who's the offensive line coach, who formerly was a head coach at Louisiana Tech. And now you've got Mike McIntyre, who's been in the business for a long time and has head coaching experience. I, I don't know how much that matters, you know, ultimately, Matt Luke's the guy that's calling the shots. And I don't think just because you have a former head coach on your staff, that guy can, you know, just go knock down the door to the head coach's office and go, I've been a head coach too. You got to do it this way. That's not what it is. But Matt Luke, if he's got a decision, you know, from a game planning standpoint or from a practice schedule standpoint or just in how to handle a certain situation, you can walk down the hall and say, Hey, Mac. Hey, McNeil. You guys have been in this slot before. How would you handle this? It's just another person that you can bounce ideas off of that's actually been in that seat before. I think all in all, a pretty good hire from Ole Miss. The, the, the question becomes, what does it mean? Right? So, so what does hiring Mike McIntyre mean for Ole Miss in the immediate and then in the long term or longer term? Is he going to come in and flip four guys that were committed elsewhere and, you know, 10 days from now are going to sign with Ole Miss? I don't know. My gut tells me probably not. But does he bring you stability? Does he bring you experience from a teaching standpoint? See, I think those are the things that probably McIntyre brings that maybe you would have would not have gotten otherwise. More coming up. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Will East immediately went to digging. I told him I have no idea who the Platling Blackhawks are. We're talking about the uh, coaching career of Mike McIntyre. So what does Will East do? He digs, and he finds an answer. That's right. It's a team in the German Football League. Uh, You may remember it back in the day, though, as American Football Bundesliga. 
and they changed it a couple years ago to the German Football League, which makes a little bit more sense. Okay. Was Platling any good? Platling was all right. They had some unprecedented success early on. They've kind of fallen off the past couple of years. You know, it's kind of been overtaken by the Cologne Crocodiles and the uh, Hamburg Huskies and the Munich Cowboys. Because when you think of Munich, Germany, the first thing that pops in your brain is Cowboys. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and of course, the Wilhelm Longhorns. That's also a team there. That's good to know. (laughs) Uh, Here's probably uh, an unpopular opinion. Or just not a mainstream opinion. The cathedral in Cologne, Germany, is every bit as good, if not better, than Notre Dame. Oh. Hmm. So my experience at Notre Dame was, oh, wow, this is nice. Look, here's the rose-colored glass, but it felt like a tourist attraction. It was, like, warm in there and, you know, just people everywhere. You walk in this cathedral in cologne and it felt gothic like it's got the score the, the you know the unbelievable architecture and the 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 ceiling height is just soaring you know it just goes on forever and ever and ever and it's cold in there like you walked in and it felt like oh so i'm in 1200 <laughs> gave you the it's, atmosphere it's, huh it's not two. Th- it's not 2014 this is uh, the year 1200 and this is exactly what it was like then so uh, anyway, pretty cool. Complete non sequitur there. Maybe one more non sequitur. How about basketball from the weekend? All right, so we can have a conversation here. What's up with the SEC? It is becoming a fair question to ask. We 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 touched on this a little bit on Friday with Jimmy Dykes. Early in the season, you had some opportunities for the SEC because what was the what was the conversation going into the year? On the heels of eight SEC teams, a record eight SEC teams, getting into the NCAA tournament and all the focus the league had put on being better, getting better, doing better, there was a ton of hype going into this season for the Southeastern Conference in basketball. Was the hype misplaced? Because the results have not matched the hype so far this season. So let's answer that in two parts. Because I I think I would say to you that no, the hype wasn't misplaced. But yes, the SEC has been a disappointment. So sometimes when you do all the right things, it still doesn't work out. And if you've got a long-term plan of doing all the right things to get yourself to a certain point, sometimes you just got to stick with it and there are going to be some bumps in the road. Like, like last year when you get eight teams in the NCAA tournament, it's probably ahead of schedule a little bit. You know, you had this massive kind of reorganizing with the way teams schedule. And you've had coaching upgrades across the SEC. And a lot of things have happened. That doesn't mean the plan isn't working just because you get off to a bad start. But the opportunity to really validate getting eight teams in the tournament a year ago and to kind of double down on that success, well, that hasn't happened so far. This weekend, for example, you had a bunch of games that tipped off early on Saturday. 
South Carolina hosted Michigan. Well, South Carolina was never going to beat Michigan, okay? Michigan's undefeated at 10-0. They're the fifth-ranked team in the country, and Frank Martin's club's not very good. But it was a top-10 Big Ten team coming on the road to an – or maybe it was maybe it was at Michigan. Anyway, so Michigan wins that one. Florida is going to be up and down this year because their veterans are not consistent, Jalen Hudson and Kayvon Allen. We got three or four really good freshmen, but when you're relying on freshmen, good luck beating the 10th ranked team in the country, even if it is at your place in Michigan State. Michigan State beats Florida by four. Kentucky goes to overtime at Madison Square Garden against an unranked Seton Hall team. Seton Hall's pretty good, but they're not in the top 25. And I don't know if you've heard it or not, but Kentucky had a pretty good recruiting class. Had a pretty good recruiting class last year. Something's not quite right with Kentucky early. They lose to Seton Hall in overtime, 84-83. I mentioned Jimmy Dykes a second ago. You heard him say on Friday, one team that's really probably not getting the credit that it deserves so far this season is Arkansas. Can get on board with that. Yeah, preseason All-SEC guy, Daniel Gafford. Got some new pieces that are contributing. But they lost on Saturday to Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky's pretty good. That's Rick Stansberry's team. But Arkansas is not supposed to lose at Bud Walton Arena to Western Kentucky. But they did. That's a little bit of a black mark on the league. All right, so was there any good news on Saturday for the SEC? Yeah. Biggest win of the day belonged to Mississippi State. They beat Clemson out of the ACC 82-71. to Did it on a neutral site. That's a really good win. And then Ole Miss goes to Illinois State. Obviously, Illinois State is not like Michigan or Michigan State or Seton Hall or even Western Kentucky. But for a team that was picked dead last in the SEC to go on the road and get a road win, well, that's a good thing. Ole Miss did something in December this year that they didn't do until March last year, and that's get a win away from the pavilion. Auburn beat Dayton. Auburn's really good. I was talking with a buddy of mine last night who uh, who does a bunch. Well, it was Tom Hart. And he was talking about having some Auburn games coming up. And I said, I don't know if you're going to agree with this. Maybe this is my hot take. I don't think it is, though. The most difficult environment right now in the SEC, and I'm not even sure that it's close, is Auburn. Auburn Arena has become, in some ways... Like Cameron Indoor. Seats about the same number of people, about 9,000, 8,500. They're filling it up. Their students are right on top of the court on three sides. It is loud. It's hostile. And Auburn is great in that building. Not good, great in that building. And they've got the most experienced backcourt in the SEC with Jared Harper and Bryce Brown. So Auburn's really good. That's a good win for them. And now they get D'Angelo Purifoy back. He has sat out the nine games, and he's good to go moving forward. So Auburn just got a little bit better, got a little bit deeper. Yesterday, Alabama got a good win against Arizona at home. And the biggest win of the weekend, so the biggest win of Saturday was Mississippi State over Clemson. Biggest win of the weekend in all of college basketball happened in Phoenix yesterday. Neutral site win for Tennessee, 76-73 over Gonzaga. And a guy that's now been in the league in four years. He's in his fourth season. 
Admiral Schofield. You've seen that guy, haven't you, uh, Will? Yes. He's good. Now, Grant Williams is like the, the SEC player of the year preseason. He's the, the potential first-team All-American. Schofield went for 30 yesterday against Gonzaga as Tennessee knocked off the number one team in the country. So, those are results from the weekend. I, I don't know if you're following basketball or not. I know a lot of you are still stuck on football. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you're stuck on what are the changes on the coaching staff and what's going to happen with National Signing Day. If you're a Mississippi State fan, you are what's going to happen on National Signing Day. Hey, got a really good offensive line this weekend, and bowl game's coming up, going to play in the Outback Bowl. That's probably where your focus is. And maybe you're not locked in on basketball yet. I might suggest, if you're a Mississippi State fan, probably time to lock in on basketball. You got a good team. Got a really good team. And Lamar Peters is playing out of his mind right now. He was named Co-SEC Player of the Week earlier today. I'll tell you a little bit more about that coming up with Brian Haydad, though, 20 minutes or so from right now. But let's go back to where we started on this. So the question is, everything okay with the SEC? You told me it was going to be good. Come on, Richard. You you told me the, the, the league was going to be good this year. That is going to be good. But... Is it the best league in the country? No, right now it's the fourth best league in the country. Ken Pomeroy, Ken Pom, you recognize that? It's the uh, the ratings deal, advanced analysis of college basketball. He's got the SEC fourth. Big 12 top, top conference, followed closely by the Big Ten, followed fairly closely by the ACC. There's a pretty big drop-off between number three and number four. It's because the SEC is, they don't have many good wins at all. Auburn's got a couple of good wins. Tennessee's got a couple of good wins. That's it. The rest of the league's got to pick it up. And Kentucky really has to pick it up. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. You know I love sports. On Super Talk Mississippi. Hour with you on this Monday, new week. Glad to have you along. Sports talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank online, mslandbank.com, where they know the lay of the land. Are you in North Mississippi? If you answered yes, listen up. Are you in need of financing for a land purchase or a land related purchase? If you answered yes, now you got to really listen. Mississippi Land Bank has been financing land for 100 years. Doesn't matter if it's farmland, hunting land, spot to uh, build a dream home, maybe financing to build that house in the country. Maybe it's for a shop on your your current piece of property. Maybe you're buying new equipment. Uh, All of those things, anything related to land, 
to the country, to the farm, to just outside the city limits. Mississippi Land Bank can help. Fantastic people. You can find branch locations all across North Mississippi. They service the northern 32 counties of the state. You can find a phone number online or a location for one of their offices online at mslandbank.com. You can text the show, 601-879-4395, C Spire text line. You can also tweet us at Sports Talk M-I-S-S. And with that, Brian Haydad joins us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Haydad, what's up? What's up, Richard? Glad to be back with you here on a Monday afternoon. Monday, Monday, Monday. So it was a it was a Christmas party weekend for you, wasn't it? That's right. I had two Christmas parties this past weekend. I did. Yeah, you sound like you're moving a little slow. No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, 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 no nothing out of the ordinary for me. Okay, which was more fun, the uh, the Christmas party you went to on Friday night at your wife's place of employment, or the Christmas party that you hosted on Saturday night? The one we hosted was was much more fun. Yeah, because at my wife's place of employment the people i know there are like i know like three people yeah the christmas party at my house i knew everybody so so were you anti-social at your wife's christmas party did you like no no i meet people and i'm happy to no i meet people i'm happy to talk to them but i just i don't know them you know and i can't it's just not the same yeah so what'd you guys did you like play pin the tail on the donkey or did you watch games or or, uh, what at your house on uh just a lot of food we had some 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 adult beverages here and there and uh a lot of good conversation, a lot of talk. Were you and, uh, in charge of the food? No, no, my wife was. My wife was. She does a, a ton of baking and cooking prior to the uh, everybody's arrival. What was the best menu item at the Brian Haydad annual Christmas party on Saturday night? Oh, uh, man, that's tough. There's a lot of good stuff. Uh, my wife's buffalo chicken dip was probably the best one. Crackers or chips? Pita chips. Pita chips. That's yeah. kind of health conscious of you. <laughs> that dip is loaded with like two kinds of cream cheese, man. It's not. It's not very healthy. It has three pounds of butter in it. It's yes, yeah. we just uh, offset but, with but the, I pita got the chips. pita chips to low carb it up. Yeah, that's what it did. Richard in Wiggins on the C Spire text line. Very upset. I didn't receive my invitation. Yeah, well, you know, Richard, you I, could have uh, had mine because apparently Haydad's mad at me for not coming. I invited. I invited you to the party. I know you, you did. That's you what I said. Oklahoma I had an invitation. City. I should have shared it with should Richard, it Richard Wiggins, Wiggins since I couldn't make it. You know, one Richard, yeah. another Richard, whatever. Um, yeah. All right. Your Saints got it done yeah. yesterday, although it wasn't always pretty. It was iffy for a second there. Mm-hmm. And, How good a uh, win was that? They, well, I mean, it clinched the NFC South, and with the the Rams losing uh, later that night, it put the Saints back in the driver's seat for home field throughout the playoffs. So, huge win, especially, you know, if you remember, Tampa Bay beat New Orleans to start the season in a really weird game. The one Saints game I haven't watched this year, by the way, because I was flying back from uh, Kansas State, and I didn't get to see any of that game. I landed in Atlanta, and the Saints were had already lost, or there was like a minute left in the game, and they were down 10 or something like that. But... That's a huge win. You know, they were down 14 to 3 and they they had nothing going for them until Taysom Hill blocks that punt and that just flipped the switch. All of the momentum went to the Saints sideline at that point and they they went on a 25 nothing run to put it in basketball terms to, to close it out. Drew Brees was very efficient. Kamara and uh, and Ingram got it down on the ground and and the defense was was really really good. Not not that Winston is an elite quarterback or anything, but 
they were really, really good yesterday, especially in the first half where they were having to hold it together uh, to keep the Saints in the ballgame. Yeah, Jameis Winston's elite like three times a year. <laughs> which which One means the, you're not elite. I mean, if you can like, yeah. you know, rabbit out he's of He's not hat. good. He, he's not he's not been a good pro quarterback. Why he is just, he not good? Because the is it because his he's got the mental capacity of a cuckoo bird? <laughs> <laughs> That's part of it. I mean, you you have to sort of be, you know, able to process things back there to, to be a, a, a good quarterback. I mean, he just, you know, I think he won in college on superior talent. You know, I mean, surrounded that Florida State team he was on was stacked with a lot of NFL guys. Jimbo Fisher's a great coach. Not, not, that, Fish, not that Winston didn't have a fantastic year when they won the national title. He, he was really, really good. But there are, you know, there's a long list of really, really good quarterbacks that just didn't make it in the NFL for whatever reason. Better quarterbacks than Jameis Winston have not made it. So, if we, now that said, you know Tampa Bay has not been the best situation. He's not surrounded by a lot of great players, but you think he'd be a little bit better than he is. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you were if you were still kind of hanging in the balance on Jameis Winston, like yeah, I can't quite decide. The physical talents are just off the charts. He's got a big arm. When he had his little motivational speech with the team, and he basically ate his hand as if it were a chicken bone last year. Oh my God, I remember that. Yeah. That was kind of the that was kind of the tipping point. Probably you're probably like at that point, uh, this is not going to end well. Whenever it ends, yeah. it's not going to end well. Yeah, it, it, he'll you know, Tampa Bay will move on from him at some point soon, and he'll sign a free agent deal with somewhere, and they'll try a reclamation project. And a few years, he'll be out of the league, and he'll just be another one of those. You know, he'll just be a bust. You know, join the Jamarcus Russell, uh, Ryan Leaf scrap heap of of guys that you know. Got it done in college, but couldn't get it done in the NFL. Here's an interesting question. And I, I'm kind of skipping ahead. I, I had a note here to do this a little bit later. This comes from, oh, there's not a name. I put your names on your text. It makes it so much easier. Somebody in the 601. With Winston's abilities playing out, what do you think the chances of Nick Mullen, Mullins, sorry, Nick Mullins, yeah. reuniting with Todd Munkin in Tampa Bay are? That would be an interesting fit, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, Mullins is uh, he's in a great situation because, you know, the, the 49ers have committed so much financially to Jimmy Garoppolo right. that they're, when he comes back from injury, they're, gonna, they're still going to give him a chance. No question. So, you know, you know, Mullins is a guy that they could use as a trade piece. As a, as a, you know, somebody, hey, this guy can, is good. You, you need a quarterback. Can we get some draft picks? Can we get some pieces around him? So, yeah, I mean, that, that would be an interesting landing spot for him for sure. Prior to November 1st, Thursday night against the Oakland Raiders, unless you were a Southern Miss fan, you were from Spain Park, or you were an absolute NFL junkie who memorized every roster in the NFL, you didn't know who Nick Mullins was. His right. coming out party was that win against Oakland, 34-3, to when he went 16-22 of with three touchdowns. Yeah. In five starts, Nick Mullins has completed 64% of his passes, for almost 1,500 yards. So he's averaging almost 300 yards a game, nine touchdowns and six picks. And he's 2-3 yeah. and three as a starter. Got a win yesterday against the Broncos, 20-14. to 14. And that's with a really not a great 49ers team around him. I mean, it, it, anything he's getting, he's, oh, he's yeah, having to generous. work really hard. Like 3-10? and 10? Something like that, yeah. Um, what about the Red? So remember when Josh Allen was drafted 
And there were kind of mixed reviews on him. Most everybody said, okay, yeah, there's a lot of arm talent there, but is he really using the arm talent right? And it's just another statue that you draft to be a pocket passer. Yeah. This guy could run the football. 101 yards yeah. rushing yesterday. Now it was in a loss to the Jets, 27-23, and the Jets were thrilled to um, get Sam Darnold back. Yeah. Threw for 206 and ran it for 101. Is Josh Allen better Not, than we were giving credit for when he was drafted? Well, I mean, it's not like, again, you know, he's not exactly playing the 85 Bears there in that Jets defense, but <laughs> I mean, he's not bad. I mean, we'll see how can he do it consistently? Can he do it every week? That's what being a, an elite NFL quarterback is about. You know, as a Saints fan, I don't worry about Drew Brees. I don't, I don't worry about him. You know, when you reach the point where you're the team you, it doesn't worry about you, we know he's going to do his job. That's when you've become an elite NFL quarterback. So can Josh Allen get to that point? I mean, he's just a rookie. He's got some tools. I, I don't see why not. It's going to be tough in Buffalo. Again, a team that doesn't have a lot of pieces around them. they got to, they got to continue to build, but I don't see why not. Yeah. Um, Baker Mayfield and Cleveland get another win. Yeah. Cam Newton didn't like the uh, post-game question about whether or not because of his shoulder what? and his performance. Cam yeah. Newton? Powdered in a press conference? What? Shocking. Green Bay beat down Prescott, Atlanta. 455 yards passing. I was getting there. I was going to save that oh. for when we had a little more time. But, hey, just go uh -huh. ahead and spoil the lead. It's good. No worries. Right. Sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. We'll, we'll put that on hold for a little while. Let's talk some hoops when we come back. Mississippi State right. has the co-SEC player of the week in Lamar Peters. We'll tell you why next in the Renaissance Bank studio. Feel the touch of my precious child And your mother's love This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi Right here on supertalk.fm The Super Talk Mississippi app And always live on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station Sometimes you get insulated in life and you think because you're dealing with a mess, you're the only one that's dealing with a mess. And when you look outside of your own little bubble, you realize that other people are dealing with messes too. It's kind of like with a, when you're a parent. Like you have one of those days or one of those weeks where, you know, with your own kids, you know, kids get sick and... They're making a mess in the house, and you can't get to school on time and all those things, and you just want to throw your hands up in the air and be like, I can't do it anymore. And then you're reminded everybody has days like that. So our current political system would kind of qualify as like that example of you know dealing with your own kids. <laughs> and we look up and we go, oh, we just can't do it anymore. It's such a mess. And then you're reminded that other people have problems too. <laughs> do you watch, do you ever, hey dad or Will, catch any little clips of the British Parliament? Uh, I can't say that I do, no. It would be worth a either a Twitter search or a Google search today for the back and forth in, uh, in British Parliament between one of the elected officials and Theresa May. 
I don't know all that's going on right now. I know they, they're still debating Brexit and trying to figure out all that goes along with that, whether or not it's actually going to happen, are they re-voting on it, et cetera. And uh, there was one particular exchange that is worth Googling and watching. I don't think I can actually play it on the radio. I think the FCC probably wouldn't go for it. Uh, but Theresa May had a fantastic comeback. And then apparently, so they have something in Parliament that's called a mace, which looks like a big, uh, it's not a sword, it's, it's like a big monumental gold thing that apparently the king is the only one that's supposed to pick up. The and king of England. Okay, well, I mean, I'm, I'm just making sure yeah, we're yes, on the same page. I, 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 do, I do realize that right now they only have a queen of England, but what but I, I get was what you're saying. was, was reserved for the king. Uh, and some guy was like making a point, so he just like walks up to the podium and grabs what's called the mace. It's about a, I don't know, it looks like about a four-foot-tall gold scepter <laughs> and starts walking out with it, and then it's taken from him, and he get booze, gets booed. So at least it looks like they have fun in British Parliament. I feel like everybody in Congress in the United States always looks mad. At least it looks like they're having fun in British Parliament. But it's a mess, too. It's a clown show. Well, we have a mace, yeah. too. We have a mace? Yes, we have a mace. And occasionally uh, they will bring it out. The last time it was brought out was like 1994. Uh, I can't remember. The, the congresswoman who's causing all the problems now, not uh, Nancy Pelosi, but the one from Texas. The other one. The African-American lady. Um whose name escapes me, uh, they, she was the last person they had to bring the mace out on. They'll, they'll, the sergeant-at-arms will bring the mace out on you if called by the uh, Speaker of the House. Wait, are you talking about like the little pocket spray that you spray in somebody's face? No, that no, kind no, of no. Mace? They call it the mace. It's a big scepter, like you said. Only ours is not as ornate as the English one. But they will bring it out, and they will wave it at you. That's what they do. I kid you not. Is that, is that supposed to shut you up? It, you're supposed to shut up. Once they bring the mace out, it's like, shut up, or we'll bring the actual you know, spray mace out and uh, arrest you. <laughs> I wonder if anybody considering pulling out the mace when uh, the congresswoman from uh, Florida, Corinne Brown, a few years ago, was doing her one, two, three, four, five, then Florida Gators don't take no jive. <laughs> Coach Irvin Myers, Percy Harvey. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, is Maxine Waters who you were talking about? Yeah, Maxine Waters. That's the one. Yeah. <clears throat> That's her. Is she from uh, Texas? I thought she was from California. In accordance with the House rules, on the rare occasion that a member becomes unruly, the sergeant-at-arms, upon the order of the speaker, lifts the mace from the pedestal and presents it before the offenders, thereby restoring so, order. Is this like the Lord of the Flies with the conch? Yeah, it's kind of like the Lord of the... It, well, the, the, everything's like the Lord of the, fry, the Flies, uh, uh, Brian, especially U.S. Congress. Yeah, I agree. Maxine Waters is from California, not Texas. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm not mad at you. I just, you know, point of order. I'm here. a little mad. I, I didn't want to have to bring the mace out for you uh, getting that wrong. We're going to get right, the Sports hey, Dad. Talk Mississippi mace. Yep. Sports Talk Ooh. Mississippi. Ooh. Mississippi. Could we get an ornamental mace? We need an ornamental mace. We'll put it on the uh, the, the list. All right, let's see. Can we can we get that included in the uh, the budget for 2019? Or is that uh, yeah, a, I think so. we need a sports talk Mississippi scepter? That's sellable right. too. We could get a sponsor for that. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the Mississippi the Mississippi Land Bank. Come on! Wow. Hey, Dad. 
Good win yes. for Mississippi State on Saturday. Yes. In yes. Jersey. Newark, New Jersey. That's right. Forget about uh, it. Against uh, Clemson out of the ACC. Clemson would not go away, but Mississippi State continued to have an answer. Set a school record for made three-point baskets in a game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 19, Tell me more. 19 three-pointers in that game. It's an interesting game. These last two games have been like this. State has just been really on fire from, from behind the arc, and you, you don't know if that's sustainable or not. But right now it's happening, and, and Lamar Peters is a big part of that. He's had 16 three-pointers in his last two games. He tied, he tied the school record on Tuesday. He tied it again on Saturday with eight three-pointers. Uh, and like you said uh, before we went to break, named SEC Player of the Week or Co-Player of the Week uh, just earlier today. So Peters played an, an incredible game. Just every shot he took, it seemed like it was going to fall. I mean, he, he didn't just shoot well from behind the arc. He just shot – he shot well, period, these last couple of games. And, and he's, he's shooting at a high percentage. Uh, good game for Quindary Weatherspoon. Good game for Eric Holman. Eric Holman had uh, 16 points, five shots from, from behind the arc, and then he hit a free throw. Mm-hmm. Didn't take a shot uh, – Inside state really didn't do much inside in this game. They they really you know sort of lived and died by the three, and they and they 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 prospered by it in in this game. The only thing you have to wonder if you're an MSU fan, if you're watching this team, is you know because it's not sustainable. They're not going to 19 of 30 shooting from back there is is unlikely to continue. <laughs> Wait, but, you don't think for the year they're going to shoot 63 percent from behind the arc? I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. But they, you know they could. Stranger things have happened. But no, that they said, could. They could. Can they evolve? You know, can they get to their point in the game where where they say, "Look, it's not falling. We got to change things up. We got to get to the basket." I think they can. I think they're smart enough to do that. They've got the athletes, the Weatherspoons and Peters and Dyson Carter even, and Holman's another guy. They they can create their own shot. They can drive and get to the rim, and draw fouls and things of that nature. So, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, in the next game or two, because there's going to come a point where state. The three-point shots aren't falling for them. Do they make the switch and, and change their offense up a little bit? If they do that, they're going to be fine. If they stick with the three-pointers when they're not falling, it's going to look like it did last year. I think this team is smart enough, though, to adapt and make the changes they need to. Can you win consistently with a seven-man rotation? Because that's basically what Mississippi State is playing right now. Out of the 200 yeah. minutes available, 200 game minutes available, Mississippi State had 189 of those come from four players. Robert Woodard got four minutes off the bench. Keyshawn Fiesel got seven minutes off the bench. Mm -hmm. Everything else was starters, Reggie Perry and Tyson Carter. Abdul Adu played 29 minutes, 30 for Holman, 33 for Nick Weatherspoon, 28 for Lamar Peters, and 35 for Q Weatherspoon. Carter played 21, Reggie Perry played 13. Is that an okay rotation? I think you'd probably need to find a few more minutes in there for Robert Woodard. Fizel is a guy who, who's just sort of a depth guy, although he, he can give you a little offense here and there. But for the most part, he's in there for defense and, and you know basically to soak up some fouls is why yeah. he's in there. So I think they need to find a few more minutes here and there for some of those guys. But you know if, if you've got a veteran team, you know these guys have been playing these kind of minutes the past few years. They, they've got to be used to it by now. They're, they're, I think they'll be okay. I would like to see Woodard's role expand a little bit and maybe see Reggie Perry get a few more minutes. I'll be honest with you with Reggie Perry. I think at some point he's going to force his way into the starting lineup. He's just too talented to keep on the bench. Who does he uh, replace? Probably a do. And you, you might have to go a little bit smaller. You don't have the same guy 
uh, you know, you don't have the same, same size in the middle, but between Holman and Pitpair, you've got a couple guys. Holman's a good shot blocker, so that's not a really a big concern. Mike, I would, I, I would imagine that Holman moves to the to the five, which would not be true. Wouldn't be a true five by any means. And then you have Perry at the four, but you know, we'll see. A, a dude's not playing terribly. He's not getting a lot of offense right now, but he does the little things well, and he, and he gives MSU some presence inside. So you know that's a good problem to have yeah. for Ben Hallen. but but yeah they do they do need to to uh, it's it's not that depth's the problem they have guys up and down the roster they can rely on, but it's it's how do you get those guys the minutes that they that they need to have so that you're you know still good in February and March when when the games really start to count. Four points, three rebounds in 29 minutes, no blocks for Abdul Adu on Saturday. 81 seven or excuse me 82 71 was the final. State outscored Clemson by eight in the first half, by three in the second half, en route to their eighth win of the year. They're now eight and one. And by the way, on the minutes distribution, they, not that anybody cares about Clemson. You may not watch them again this year. 196 of their 200 game minutes came from seven players. So yeah. uh, pretty pretty small rotation there as well. Seven's a number yeah. you can live with as long as you stay healthy. You'd love to get to eight or nine, though. In the yeah. uh, in the rotation, I think Woodard could be that eighth guy. So, okay, we'll uh, we'll see. Sports Talk Mississippi with you and the Renaissance Bank Studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoon, starting at three on Supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. I spent last night in the arms of a girl in Louisiana. Studio version, not nearly like the live version. Not on that song. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Will East. Brian Scott Rippey will join us today in the 5 o'clock hour. East is in while Michael Borky is out sunning and sticking his toes in the sand. In Jamaica, man. Happy for uh, Borky, aren't you, Haydad? I am, believe it or not. Despite your protests for the last month into whether or not he should go through with getting married. What? I'm not, you know, what? I just try to give advice. I just try to give advice as I see fit. Fair enough. Uh, we got a text message. We were talking about Mississippi State's basketball team just a moment ago. And this was uh, ooh, text from 205. I think it's a Birmingham area code. Six to twelve seed in the dance. Yeah, leaving yourself some range there. Can either make a run to the Sweet Sixteen or exit early in the first round. I think they can be higher than that. To be honest with you, if they finish in the top four in the SEC, and you know, right now it's, it's t- Tennessee is sort of the team to beat. Uh, then you have Auburn. Kentucky is dangerous, even though they, they, they're not off to a great start here in non-conference play. But if you finish in that top four. You're going to be, a, you know, probably a three seed at worst. I would imagine, especially when you look at states. You know, I still say RPI. I know it's the net, but whatever their strength of schedule is going to be, it's going to end up being very strong. I think uh, with Cincinnati, I think Dayton will be a top 100 win. I heard you mention St. Mary's could end up being a top 50 win uh, for Mississippi State. Clemson is a good win, 
And then whatever they do in the conference is, is just going to add on to that. So I think State's going to have the resume to possibly, be, possibly, if they take care of their business and win the games they should, be as high as a three or four seed, I would think. Yeah, Mississippi State currently in the net, I think, is 16. Did I say that right? Okay. Uh, I, I, haven't, I, think, I haven't checked it, yeah. Let's see. I think the I new know. numbers came out earlier today. Let's see here. Um, 27th. Sorry, 27th. So nine schools in the SEC are in the top 65 of the new net rankings, which is kind of the right. new uh, tool that the NCAA is going to use to evaluate teams. Tennessee at and five, Cincinnati Auburn is 25th at, in those rankings. So, yeah, yeah. So a chance to move up. Big opportunity on uh, on Saturday. You asked the uh, the poll question earlier today. I know you guys talked about it some on the uh, the Thunder and Lightning podcast, which by the way, you can download for free. In fact, you don't even have to download it. You can just subscribe to it, and it automatically downloads, where you can hear the uh, the dulcet tones of Brian Haydad and Joel Coleman every day. Very dulcet. That's definitely the word. Um, yeah, what's, what's so your poll sitting at right now? A thousand votes were about two thirds to no of are you planning to attend? It's difficult on a, on a Twitter poll because people will vote and then they'll message you, oh, well, I'm not coming, but of course I live in Montana. Well, I mean, you're not really the target demographic I was looking for there. I mean, I, I should have, I guess I should ask, you know, if you, if you have the real ability to go, are you going to go? Sure. So, uh, how many Montana we'll listeners do you have for uh, Thunder and Lightning? I'd have to look. We, we've got a few, you know. I, I know we, we have listeners in, across the uh, across this great globe of ours. Um, I, I asked this question earlier, and and the backdrop is there was a lot of buildup of the SEC in basketball coming into the year, mm. and frankly, the results have not lived up to the hype so far this season. Right. I, I still believe that the league as a whole is doing the right things, even if the right things aren't working right now. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the bottom line is they just haven't gotten the results this year. The right. schedules have except been really good. Yes, except for Tennessee. They played Kansas really close in a neutral site, and then they knock mm-hmm. off number 1 Gonzaga yesterday. Right. right. That is by far the best win for anybody in the SEC this year. Right. Um. One of the worst losses is Kentucky's opening night loss by 34 to Duke. I don't know if that's being fair or not, but from a, a profile standpoint... No, no, you're right. No, you're, you're definitely right. So, level of concern? Sh- oh, should no. there be? No, I don't think so. I think I think these teams will end up being fine. Yeah, I, mean, I think the, the conference will end up with six, seven teams in the, in the NCAA tournament, and, and, and it, it'll be fine. And it's, it's, just, it's just right now... I mean, I think the SEC, and you I don't know if you agree with this or not, but for me, the perception of the conference sort of goes as Kentucky goes. And when Kentucky is 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 not as strong as they, as they have been in the past, everybody wants to say, oh, well, the SEC is down. Sort of the same thing with football in Alabama. So, you know, you see Kentucky getting blown out by Duke and they lose that game to Seton Hall, and you think, oh, well, maybe the SEC is not exactly where you need it to be. But Tennessee is as good as anybody in the country. Auburn is capable of beating anybody. Uh, Kentucky has plenty of talent. Mississippi State's pretty good. You've got some other, you know, some solid mid-tier teams in there. Uh, Florida gave Michigan State a good game on Saturday, so I think there's some good teams in there, and, and they'll, they'll they'll make a run when we get to March. Okay. Um, we, we talked about Lamar Peters as the co-offensive player of the week. He shared that honor with Admiral Schofield from Tennessee, who is now a senior. 
Yeah. Feels like he's been around forever. Well, that's um, why he's an admiral. He's you know come up to the ranks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had thirty. I like it when Will. I like it when Will is on the in the chair there because he sells my jokes. Borky's just like, I hate everything, and it doesn't do anything. Will's in there laughing. We need to keep Will around more often. How about twenty five in the second half with ten of seventeen shooting and five threes for Schofield against the number one team in the country. Look, I saw him in Starkville last year, and I mean, he is a full grown man. I mean, that is a guy that, never mind as a basketball player, I want to take him into a dark alley if I have to fight somebody. That is a guy I'd want on my back. He is, he's tough. He is a good, good basketball player. And, and that team, I mean, I did not think that when Rick Barnes went to Tennessee that he would have them at this level as quickly as he's got. I'm like, you know, good coach, and, and he'll, he'll be better than what they've had. But, man, he has turned that program very quickly into one of the best in the SEC. Yeah, he has. And the funny thing is he had the reputation at Texas for recruiting really well, but yeah. then not delivering results and maybe not developing players. Right. Whereas here at Tennessee, he's getting guys. Yeah, I mean, he had to beat out an Ivy League school. I think it was Harvard for Grant Williams. Right, yeah, yeah. Grant I mean, Williams it, is an aerospace engineer major, and his mom works at NASA. And she wanted him to go to an Ivy League school. And they had to sell him on Tennessee and sell her on Tennessee. Yeah. And he may be the best player in the league. Yeah, he's, he's, they, that's the thing with Tennessee. They've got at least two guys right there that, I mean, if you told me that Schofield's the best player in the league, I'll buy into that. So, I mean, that's very impressive job by Rick Barnes. And, you know, part of this, this renaissance of SEC coaching we've seen in the past few years where, you know, you've gone from, you know Rick Ray and 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 uh, Tony Barbie over at uh at Auburn, and now you've got guys like Bruce Pearl and Ben Howland and Tom Crean and and Rick Barnes. I mean, it's just it's crazy that you've got an all star level of coaching in the SEC. That's why the product is better. The coaching has gotten better. The the coaching has gotten better. The commitment across the league has gotten better, and the scheduling has gotten significantly yeah. better. Yeah, you talk about missed opportunities early in the year for the SEC. Yeah, okay, that's true. But you know what? You wouldn't have even had the opportunity four years ago. No. no. Tennessee's not playing Kansas and Gonzaga no. in the first no. month of the season three years ago. No, they're playing Southwest Arkansas State. And, and Austin P. Yeah, exactly. At um, home. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, big recruiting commitment for Mississippi State over the weekend. Offensive lineman Charles Cross. Tell Any me relation? More. Any relation um, to dist, distant cousins? Distant cousins, yeah. We're both yeah, tall, we don't, so we don't exchange Christmas presents or anything. <laughs> well, you're not now for sure. Uh, yeah, big commitment from Mississippi State. Sort of trending this way the past month or so after he decommitted from Florida State. Uh, State was on him and, and was a favorite early in the process for him, and then he went through some he went through the you know some visits and, and got with Florida State, but decided to back off of that. Don't know you know too far away what the deal was, but whatever. Um, but for a, a position of need for Mississippi State. We, we've been talking about it. Offensive linemen were a huge need in this class. State has six of them committed now and likely to take one more in uh, three-star offensive guard Nick Penley out of Georgia when he makes his decision. It's, it's, it's pretty obvious he's going to go to Mississippi State. We'll see if anything changes in the last week or something for him. But who is that? Cross is a guy who, who uh, you know, he, he, he started out the process, I think, like a mid-three-star guy and then has just blown up this season. Now he's the uh, – 
He's a top 100 player uh, overall in the country, the number 11 tackle in the country, the number five player in the state. Of course, I've, I've, I would talk about this on the podcast too. Is state's got a great class put together. They've got you know seven four stars committed. That's a lot for Mississippi State. You know how many uh, of their 23 commitments? How many are four star better for Alabama? 23, 22. They got a kicker who's a three star. So good class. It's 16th in the country, seventh in the it, SEC. They're building, but you know it's still a ways to go. But this, but Cross was a big commitment for MSU. They needed him, and they got. Him. I mean, at some point, Alabama is going to have to take their kicking situation seriously. It's going to eventually come <laughs> jump up and bite. They've them. got the number one kicker in the in the country committed. He's just a, kickers are never going to be four star kids. So. I don't know if anybody can get a four-star kicker. Alabama can. <laughs> Nick sure. Saban's good. They'll get him that fourth star between now and uh, <laughs> when it's all said and done. Until when they have to re-rank the class. There you go. More with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, Renaissance Bank Studio, coming up. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah. Super Talk Mississippi. Here we go. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming with you at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Will East in the studio with Michael Borky out for the week. I think the odds are that he has a drink with an umbrella in it right now. I would hope he does. I would say pretty good. So it seems like a reasonable guess. Where are they going again? He told me, but I forgot. Jamaica. That's right. They are uh, in Jamaica. If we had a way to like call their hotel room incessantly over and over and over again, we would perhaps do that. Hey, Will. Yes? Should um, should we check in on young Borky, see if we can uh, call the front desk and have him ring... Mr. and Mrs. Borky's room? Yeah, let's pretend like we're looking for something. We can't find it, and it's very imperative that he call us back. Let's do that in the uh, in the next segment. We've got to get to the college football fix here in just a minute, but uh, uh, at 520, let's see if we can get Borky on the phone. If he somehow gets wind of this, he's going to unplug his hotel room phone. How's he going to get wind of this? That's true. This is kind of the time he of day, though, where they might the be back in the room and getting ready for dinner. It's probably dark, 6 o'clock, in Jamaica. You don't think he has the show playing in the room? I doubt it. I mean, he's going to he's gonna answer the uh, the phone and be like, Hello. <laughs> like, be like, uh, sir, I wanted to uh, check in on your room service order. The uh, complimentary bottle of uh, Cristal is on its way. <laughs> Oh, me. Richard says we shouldn't do that. Uh, this Richard says not only should we, but we are going to do it coming up in just a bit. Right now, though, we'll tell you that Sports Talk is brought to you by Mississippi Land Bank. Online at mslandbank.com, where they know the lay of the land. Are you a farmer in North Mississippi? If you are, then it's probably time, if you've not done it already, to reach out and talk to Mississippi Land Bank about all the options that they've got for financing. You know that financing is part of life in the farming world, whether it's equipment loans or crop loans or you're buying a new piece of property uh, that you're going to begin to farm. Maybe it's refinancing an existing loan that you've got. That's what Mississippi Land Bank has been doing for 100 years. 
100 years uh, Mississippi Land Bank has been financing land and all the things that go with land. Fantastic people that you are dealing with. Branch offices spread out all over North Mississippi. Maybe you stop by the branch office in Starkville. Maybe you stop by the one in Tupelo. Maybe you stop by the corporate headquarters and branch office in Senatobia. Or any of the points in between at Mississippi Land Bank, they know the lay of the land. Right now, it's time for the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. You can find out about all the deals going on at your local Ford dealer. I actually stopped by today and visited my local Mississippi Ford dealer, and let me tell you, they have got some fantastic deals going on here at the uh, the end of the year. A lot of savings on maybe the F-150, maybe it's the Expedition, maybe it's the Explorer, maybe it's that Ford Fusion. If you're thinking about a new car, now's the time to, uh, to do it because you'll find a great year-end deal at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. All right. Not everybody loves this, but I love it. It's college football related, even though it's not like breaking down X's and O's. So if you go back to the ceasefire text line a little while ago, you would uh, you would see Rob telling us to get past SEC hoops and soccer, and uh, there was somebody else. Who was it? It was uh, oh I don't remember. Somebody said he agreed. It was Tim, I think. Tim said that's enough. I just want football news. We're just trying to have a good time. Just trying to have a good time. Although Tim and McGee told Rob to go jump up a wild hog's rear end and eat a ham sandwich. <laughs> Man, things are getting testy today. Hello! I have never heard that phrase before. What was it again? Well, I, I edited it for use on the radio, but Tim's message to Tim and McGee's message to Rob with regard to being critical of what we were talking about was to jump up a wild hog's rear end and eat a ham sandwich. I'll probably have to start using it. Are that. you familiar with that one, uh, Will? I have yet to hear that one, but um, I think, like Rippy said, it's going in my dictionary. My, uh, I'm going to start using that one. All right, bowl gifts. Bowl gifts. Everybody is – I feel like this is something that people are mildly interested in, at least once a year. You tell this story one time a year, and – it's like, okay, that's the bowl that I want to play in because of the gifts that you get. $550 is what is allowed for gifts from bowl games to individual players and like staff and whatever that are participating in it. So you got $550. And a lot of these bowls want to spread that $550 around. They might, um, they might say, hey, we want to get you a watch or we want to get you a ring or we're going to give you a backpack and a hat. And then there's usually some sort of shopping spree that is uh, that is allowed. First bowl game up is the AutoNation Cure Bowl. I don't even know what some of this is. A Holloway Force jacket, sunglasses with a carrying case, an Energizer power bank, a duffel bag, Pebble Beach slides, a dop kit, kit so that's like a bathroom kit, a Sport Tech long sleeve contender t-shirt, and a cap. Sorry, Tulane. Sorry, Raging Cajuns. That's not the best bowl swag that's out there. Not bad, though. Not bad? Never even heard of half that stuff. 
Sounds like a lot of stuff, though. The uh, the Las Vegas Bowl gives you a gift suite, so you go in and like you can pick out a, a mini fridge or a recliner or a TV or whatever else. Plus a collectible Las Vegas item, a dad hat. What is a dad hat? Isn't it like a a like a taller trucker style hat? That's the that's what I would And a beanie and a fanny pack. You're giving a fanny pack away <laughs> as part of your bowl gifts? What? Wait, they're giving away a dad hat, a beanie, a fanny pack. What is this, nineteen ninety five? That's what it sounds like. That's the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, let's skip ahead to the DXL Frisco Bowl on December 19th, San Diego State in Ohio. A gift suite, so they can uh, can go pick out whatever from that. A Justin Cowboy hat. I mean, that's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty sweet. You, you, you go play in a, in a bowl game in Texas, you get a cowboy hat out of it? Is it similar to the one what Matt Luke rocked one after the Labor Day win? Yeah, against uh, against Texas Tech in the uh, the the Texas game kickoff classic thing. Yeah, he did. Uh, they also are giving out a beanie cap, a coin, a pin, and a big game football. See, if you're a player, don't you say, "Hey, with all due respect, the cowboy hat's kind of cool, but could you keep the hat and the beanie cap and the coin and the pin and the football and just add that value to the gift suite so I can pick out what I really want?" <laughs> I don't guess you get to uh, you get to do that. Uh, let's skip around uh, the the Jared Birmingham Bowl. No, it does not appear that they're giving away uh, diamonds that they give away in their commercials. That would probably exceed the price limit, I would imagine. Yeah, a gift suite, an Oakley backpack, or sunglasses, so you get to pick there. A cooling hoodie. I don't know what that is. Um, the Dollar General Bowl in Mobile is giving away a Yamaha sound bar with a built-in subwoofer, a watch, Maui Jim sunglasses, and a Wilson game ball. I think if you're sponsoring one of these bowls, you should only be allowed to give away things that your company produces or sales. None of that stuff comes from Dollar General, so therefore it should all be excluded. What would Serve Pro give away? Well, you get, you know, college dorms are dirty, so you get, get I don't know, cleaning services, I guess. The Serve Pro First Responder Bowl gift suite RFID blocking ridge wallet. That's one of those wallets where they can't steal your identity. And a big game football. This is a really good idea that comes in on the C Spire text line. In Texas, they could provide a Stetson cowboy hat for the bowl gift. I thought so, too. I mean, nothing wrong with a Justin cowboy hat. Why not? If you were one of these bowl games in Texas, why not do custom boots? You could do custom boots for 550 bucks, Or boots and a cowboy hat. How would that be received by football players? Pretty well, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you've seen the custom boots where they can put, like, the team logo on them? I think that would be cool. I'm surprised that it doesn't already happen. Yeah. Maybe I need to be the marketing guy for a bowl game. Um, pinstripe Bowl, a variety of New Era products. So there you go, Will. All right. You get a backpack and a Yankees cap. Um, 
Camping World Bowl, a $400 Best Buy gift card, a backpack, and a luggage tag, and a watch. It's pretty good for that. Alamo Bowl gives you a $425 Amazon gift card. Uh, Peach Bowl gives you a $300 Visa gift card. And some other cool stuff. An Amazon Echo Dot. See, you could listen to uh, Sports Talk on that. And then there's the Belt Shopping Trip. Don't steal. Don't steal when you're at the Belt Flagship Store. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. That's your college football fix. Communication system is a go. Go! This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. One last thing on the bowl gifts. thought if you're a Mississippi State fan, you might want to know what the Bulldogs are getting at the Outback Bowl. A Fossil Watch, a Jostens Ring, a Best Buy gift card for $125, and an Outback Steakhouse gift card and a hat. I mean, I, I, I think I'm thinking short, short-term here versus long-term. Because short-term, I go... Can we not do the watch and the ring and just add like 200 bucks more to my Best Buy gift card? But maybe long term, if you don't lose them, having a bowl ring and a bowl watch like 14 years down the line, you'd be kind of happy to have that? Depends on what it looks like. I think the winner of the gift suite package, though, is the Fiesta Bowl. It's the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. PS4 gift package, a fossil watch with an engraved case back. So I guess they'll look, put your name on it and all that good stuff. And then an OGO XFIT backpack. But, I mean, the PS4 gift package, that probably resonates with a lot of the bowl participants, wouldn't you think? I mean, that includes a console, I'm assuming, right? Well, I mean, I would assume. They've got $550 to put in there. That would take up most of it. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you assume that the watch costs... A hundred bucks, and the backpack is seventy-five to a hundred bucks. I mean, at least three fifty or so. Surely that means they're getting a PS4. That's wrong. Yeah, and then they throw in a couple of games. That's the best one I've heard. What I've always wondered is, do they get to go wholesale or do they have to go retail prices to massage that five hundred and fifty dollar number? They probably cut them a break to some degree, wouldn't you think? I would think so. I don't know. What about the uh, Alamo Bowl where you get the team panoramic photo? Wow, we get a team photo as part of our gift. It's like, uh, could uh, the school not have just paid for that and give us to those later? I really would like for that thirty-seven fifty to go back into my Amazon gift card. Thanks. It's uh, Sports Talk Mississippi with you. You can text the show 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Did you find a number yet for uh, the hotel for Borky? Not yet. Still searching the old Googles for it. Do, do I need it? I probably should tell you off the air where he's staying. Or do you oh, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Text it to me. And, okay. I'll work on that in a minute. All right, so let's circle back to kind of where we began today, kind of leading off some of the big stories. Ole Miss has announced officially 
that it is uh, hiring Mike McIntyre as the defensive coordinator. Before we get to that, we'll tell you that uh, earlier today, uh, A.J. Brown and Greg Little were both named All-Americans. The Football Writers Association of America named both of them All-Americans. First-time Rebel teammates have earned that honor since 1959. So two guys from Ole Miss on that team. And also in the AP Player Awards, uh, A.J. Brown was named third-team All-American earlier today. Uh, also, and I guess final note here, Greg Little announced not that there was really any suspense here that he was going to the NFL draft. Yeah, not surprising. It was just kind of a matter with all, you know, with he and Brown, it was just kind of a matter of when they felt like announcing. And I guess you can throw DK Metcalf into that mix as well. But yeah, I mean, not, nothing, nothing really out of the ordinary. All right, so the uh, the Mike McIntyre hire. You were running around like a, a chicken with your head cut off on Sunday afternoon trying to uh, get a story together and get all the information out there as quickly as we uh, we possibly could. What does this mean? I think it shows that the that Matt Luke and, and the staff and the administration had a pretty clear plan of what they wanted to do, right? Like it seemed the way it played out, you know, Golding was probably option A and and once they either didn't get an answer or got told no, they kind of immediately turned to option B, and it was a pretty clean process. I mean, he has a um, – McIntyre has a reputation of kind of doing a lot with a little and maximizing, I guess, the potential, and that's definitely something he's going to have to do at least immediately until he can kind of get some some defensive talent in there on that side of the ball. So I think it was a pretty good hire for them. I, I think he'll do well, and, and I thought it was handled pretty well. It seemed like there was a clear kind of plan as to how they wanted to do things, and they – you know, executed it basically the way I would imagine they would want to. Head coach at San Jose State, 2010, 11, and 12. I said earlier that might be the most difficult Division One job in the country. No fan support, little budget, terrible stadium, and they won games and they got to a bowl game at least one year, maybe two years. Parlayed that into the Colorado head coaching job uh, 2013 to 2018. In 2016, he was named the National Coach of the Year. Uh, they played in the Pac-12 championship game. 17 did not go as according to plan, nor did 18. He was fired after the season. But they had to pay him a boatload of money to go away, $10.3 million. And apparently the money that Ole Miss is going to pay him is not going to offset that buyout because it's an assistant coaching job, not a head coaching job. Pretty sweet gig if you can get it. But, yeah, has some NFL experience too. Um, but certainly a good time to be Mike McIntyre. Yeah, from a recruiting standpoint, you know, when when we were talking last week with and about Pete Golding, uh, not talking with Pete Golding, we were talking about Pete Golding and that possibility. I think part of the reason that people seemed to be really interested in that and hopeful for that was there was this perception that whether or not he came and started coaching at Ole Miss and recruiting at Ole Miss immediately, that just his name and the fact that you announced him was going to have this immediate effect on the recruiting front. And you had certain guys that were just going to right away flip to Ole Miss from wherever they were previously committed. I don't know how much reality there was in that line of thought, but certainly that line of thought existed. What does it mean from a recruiting standpoint, short-term, with Mike McIntyre, knowing that today's the 10th, nine days from today you get the early signing period? Well, from what I've gathered, I'm not sure there's a real way to gauge that at the moment, right? Because, I mean, he comes from the Pac-12 out on the West Coast, not exactly 
you know, doesn't exactly recruit the same kids that are down here and in the South. So I'm not sure what it does, and I'm not sure that how much, like you said, how much reality there was to the kind of wave of recruiting momentum Golding would have brought. It's just so hard to tell with 18-year-old kids, and like you said, in that short amount of time. So I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see kind of how they close in this last, what, is it a little over a week? Less, yeah. yeah, nine days, uh, a week from Wednesday is the early signing period, December 19th. And what they do there, but I, I don't know. That's a tough question to answer just because it's a guy that you know doesn't come from a region of the country that a lot of these kids in the South are familiar with. And so it'll be interesting to kind of see how that plays out in a short amount of time. And, and whether, I mean, I guess the name you use is N'Kobe Dean because he's the kind of the biggest recruit that's out there. Whether or not, and maybe it's a bad example because – Alabama was recruiting Nicobe Dean, was, is, etc. But whether or not you knew the co-defensive coordinator from Alabama, Pete Golding, he was like your lead recruiter, there's something to defensive coordinator at Alabama that I think would, would carry some weight, whereas you wonder if for some of the guys that Ole Miss is recruiting, Mike McIntyre is going to have to introduce himself and explain who he is and what his background is and try to build relationships in a really short period of time. Yeah, I think there's definitely familiarity with Golding in it. And like you said, just kind of from a name brand type lens, it it probably would have generated more buzz. But alternatively, I think, and I'm not saying Golding was obviously a sought-after commodity. There was reported interest that Oklahoma wanted him. Obviously, Alabama wanted to keep him. I'm sure. I mean, I, I, he's a fine coach and has proven nothing else. But at least you have a like in McIntyre, you have a guy with a larger sample size of success, mm-hmm. both as a defensive coordinator and a guy that's run a program before. Which I think that's significant because you have a head coach that's kind of still trying to figure things out. You want a nugget? I got yeah. a, Will. You want a nugget? Not not saying oh, that not it will like change. A chicken nugget, but just... no, no, not like a chicken. Just just something to watch. Pete Golding may very well stay at Alabama. And clearly he's not coming to Ole Miss at this point. But Oklahoma's interest in Pete Golding coming and being on that staff is not over. It's not done. That has not stopped. And there is interest from Ryan Day, now the head coach, or soon to be the head coach at Ohio State, in Pete Golding as well. Does that do anything for you? Either I mean, it's two kind of big brands. If if family considerations were real and were a part of this equation, which they apparently were, Norman, Oklahoma, and Columbus, Ohio don't get you any closer to home. No, but from a career move, or I guess a career trajectory, it's certainly a... I mean, a larger bump up than than Ole Miss. I mean, you're talking about two blue blood programs. But if no, you're named defensive coordinator at one of those two places, yes. I wonder what Nick Saban will do to keep him. Will he give him the defensive coordinator title? I think a raise at bare minimum, right? Yeah, you certainly would think so. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi. Tweet to the Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed at Sports Talk M I S S. It's Dre says Pete Golding was a baller at Delta State. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you.
listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. So here's the question. We're going to call Michael Borky. We're going to attempt to call Michael Borky on his honeymoon in just a matter of moments. Is our preference that Mr. Borky answers the phone or that the new Mrs. Borky answers the phone? All right, I'm putting him on now. Here we go. Probably Borky. Let's try this. It'd be less confusion. Uh, say that again, please. Oh, I think he hung up on me. All right. All right. Well, you you got to pat you got to patch that through I, where we can hear the phone ringing. I patched I can it talk. through, but he hung up on me because I didn't immediately start talking. <laughs> oh no! Can you can, like when you open it up? Can you so we can hear hear it ringing and I'll just talk directly to him? Yeah. All right. Let's try it one more time. See if this works. All right. Give so me I think you hit the button and we can like hear the dial tone and everything. I can't do the dial tone at the same time. I don't think. So talk amongst yourselves. Okay, this is a disaster. Can't believe the guy hung up on you. We're supposed to be talking amongst ourselves, but in reality, this is not working well. Yeah, this is, what do they call, bad radio? Yeah, Richard and Wiggins is telling us to leave him alone. <laughs> that wouldn't be as much fun. Uh, yeah, good evening. Could you uh, connect me to Michael Borky's room? B O R K E Y, please. Yeah, B is in boy, O R K E Y, Borky. Just a minute, who should I say? I'm sorry? Who should I say? If, can you just connect to his room? I'm sorry? I, so I was I calling. Who should I say oh, it's calling? Oh, it's his buddy Richard. Richard? All right. Can I just answer your call? Only tropical line equipment will be, along with professional instruction for unlimited scuba diving, <laughs> plus Paddy certified dive programs and courses in some of the Caribbean's best dive sites. Windsurfing, kayaking, aquatrike, sailing, snorkeling, and paddleboarding are just a few of your options. Sounds pretty good. A lot, lot of good options there. <laughs> I wonder how much paddleboarding. Uh, yes. Did he answer? Hello? Will? Borky! What's up, man? What are you calling me for? Well, we just wanted to see how the honeymoon was going. <laughs> uh, we're uh, just about to go to dinner, actually. So so you did get married on Saturday. I'm on air right now. I think that's what he's doing. What time is it? Yeah, yeah, you're on air. Oh my but you God. thought I was just like going to call you randomly just to chat? Uh, well, th that's what friends do. So yeah, I mean, a congratulatory text or something would have been nice. But I guess I'll, I'll give you a free segment on the show today. Well, I I thought about sending you a text, but I wasn't sure what your international data plan was like, and I didn't want to cost you anything. So we decided we'd just call you. Jordan, by the way, on the ceasefire text line says that we're jerks and that you're on your honeymoon and we should be leaving you alone. <laughs> No, it's fine. We're, 
Um, we're just sitting here wrapping up, final getting ready. We're about to go eat, but man, it's no, it's good. I'm uh, glad to be here. It's fun, getting a little pain, I think. Yeah, uh, how did the wedding go? It was great. You know, it rained all day, all day long. Um, it was cold and rainy, but um, she looked immaculate, and it went off without a hitch, and, and we had fun. And now it's eighty-five degrees and sunny. So, well, the sun's not out anymore, is it? I mean, at least it should be dark. We don't because it's not eighty-five and sunny here. Well, my uh, my hometown in South Carolina got snow uh, this week, so it could be worse, I guess. What, so what did you guys do today? I mean, like, outside. We didn't do much. Well, tomorrow we start all of the, like, the activity stuff. Like, we're going to swim with dolphins tomorrow morning. That's fantastic. Is there any chance that we could speak to uh, Mrs. Borky? Hey, Katie, do you want to talk on the radio? <laughs> no? Oh, she said no. Oh. So so she's not handling the fact that we called you on your honeymoon very well? Oh, she's fine. She just doesn't want to talk on the radio. That's what I do. Okay, I just was going to ask her if she enjoyed her big day and if she got cold feet and thought about like running out and changed her mind or anything. <laughs> she probably did think about running, but she went through with it. Now she's there you go. With me. I mean, it's way too late, so. Yeah, e- easy flight, no no travel issues. You've remembered your passport, under, unlike me. All those things. Yeah, nothing uh, nothing out of the ordinary, I guess. Uh, yeah, we're just in Jamaica, so it's not like major international travel, but still, I, I can't get over customs and, and how like we went through these kiosks. Like uh, we could have had anything in our bags, and it wouldn't matter. I, I'm just really surprised that. I, I just always thought that it was like they had to go through our stuff and we had to answer a bunch of questions. Nobody even talked to us. Like, we just put our passport in this little scanner and then, like, hit two buttons and just that was going through customs getting into Jamaica. I was expecting it to be a lot worse, but I don't travel that much. So Yeah, I, I don't know if you should expect the exact same thing coming home. So, like, if it, <laughs> if you're now tempted... Based on your experience going to uh, to bring some contraband back into the United States, I'm not sure that that's the best plan. Oh, so like uh, a batch of Cuban cigars that Katie got me is going to be a little bit more difficult to get back into the States. You better smoke them while you got them. Really? You could probably oh, get them in if you really tried. Yeah. Well, uh, Richard and Wade. up in a T-shirt or something. Uh, well, Maybe. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe the uh, the bomb sm- sniffing dogs won't uh, won't smell them, and you'll be okay. <laughs> By the way, uh, Richard and Wiggins on the ceasefire text line thinks that you're buzzed, and he thinks that uh, that Katie is buzzed as well, and that's the reason she didn't want to talk on the radio. Oh well, she wants to talk now. I've I've said something that convinced her, so here she is. Oh. Hey, Mrs. Borky, congratulations. Thank you, sir. I'm so Did, glad you didn't call 15 minutes ago. That would have been a bad time to call. <laughs> <laughs> this just I'm went just off the rails. I, I hope I can say that on air. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I uh, I think you no, just said I it. I appreciate it, though. We're having so much fun here. It's like Michael said. It's um, it's summertime. It's it's great. It's beautiful. And tomorrow we get to swim with dolphins, something I've always wanted to do. 
Uh, but yeah, thanks for the thanks for the call. Hey, is is there any point on Saturday where you thought it's not too late for me to run? Not at all. There was not a moment of doubt in my mind. I was I was I was so ready. Good for you. Well, thanks for being so a good ready. sport, and thanks for not getting mad at Borky for being a good sport. And you guys have a great time. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Richard. All right, Katie. We'll see you. The uh, the the newly minted Mister and Mrs. Michael Borky. All right, Will. You can Bye hang guys. up on him now. Bye. Uh, that would be Michael and Katie Borky on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites dot com and go with the home team. Did she really say that? Yeah, Borky's going to kill us when he comes back. That was fantastic. That's cool. She said at no point did she consider running. She was ready. She couldn't wait, and they're having a blast. Uh, good for them. Uh, Bradley in uh, in Marietta chimes in. He says, wow, X-rated family show, guys, but it's a honeymoon. What did you expect? Oh, that's great. That is, uh, that's great. And I'm glad they were good sports about it. Good stuff. Um, Saturday night, Ole Miss went to normal Illinois and got a win over Illinois State. Good road win? Yeah, I mean, this, for a team that was, I think, one in ten in true road games last year, any any road win is a good one. You know, Illinois State's not really kind of the same team that beat them in Oxford a year ago, but still decent team. And any time you can get a true road win, I, th- I think it it helps, particularly kind of given what they how they struggled on the road a year ago. Uh, what was it, March last year before they uh, they got a road win? And they did it in December. It wasn't right. it the was, win at Missouri? It was at Missouri, and it was the first, I believe that was the first game Tony Madlock coached. In, it was. Yeah, after after Kennedy left. Um, so, yeah, they got one in two tries this year as compared to 11. So, definitely an improvement. And then now they've got a couple, you know, they got the game in Jackson and then a home game later this week on Sunday against Chattanooga. And then what they have middle in Nashville at Bridgestone, and then you kind of go towards conference play. So really, sitting at 6-2 and two right now, and based on what's coming up on the schedule, an opportunity to get to 9-2, and two, maybe 10 wins before they get to conference play, which I would think most people would have signed up for. Yeah, absolutely. And, you, you know, you get a win over Baylor, and their two losses are against two tough opponents in Cincinnati and Butler. But, yeah, I mean, now you have Southeastern Chattanooga middle – um, in Nashville, then Florida Gulf Coast. So I, I think that's certainly possible. You'd have thought the biggest hang-up coming down the home stretch would have been the game in Normal, Illinois, but they got past that one and now kind of have a couple home games. Ceasefire text line: You better smoke those cigars. A thousand dollar fine per stick. One message that says "Bum chicka wow wow," and then one that says that went from zero to one hundred real quick. You missed it. We just chatted with uh, Michael and Katie Borky on the Farm Bureau phone line on their honeymoon. They're swimming with dolphins tomorrow. That's awesome. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Monday night football tonight. Pretty good one, I think. 
Vikings are 6-5 at the Seahawks. They're 7-5. Seattle's a 3.5-point favorite. The total's 45.5. Vikings signed Kirk Cousins to a three-year, fully guaranteed, Excuse me, fully guaranteed $84 million contract in the offseason. He's got 23 touchdown passes and has completed a career-best 71% of his throws in his first season with Minnesota. And he's uh, developed a pretty good relationship with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. They've combined to catch 15 touchdown passes. That makes them the league's best receiving duo this year. You like that game tonight? Yeah, I do, because Seattle's playing really good football, and Minnesota really, really needs a win. So I, I think it'll be a great game. You know, we, we kind of joked back when they were, oh, I don't know, like 2-3, and three, and then 2-4, and four, and then 3-5. and five. Russell Wilson kept give, giving you the same soundbite after the games. He kept saying, we're really close. This is a good football team. We're really, really close. And now you look up there, and this is a game that's got huge playoff implications in the NFC. Yeah, it does for the wild card. And then, you know, Chicago's probably already going to win the NFC North anyway. But if, you know, Minnesota has any hope, they have to they have to win this. And, and it's, like you said, it's monumental, monumental for the wild card, too. But, you know, I think a lot of people thought Pete Carroll's kind of reign there in Seattle might be ending. But they've transitioned into, like, this run-first team and kind of have a young defense that they've pieced together pretty nicely. And they're playing pretty good. Three teams at this point have clinched playoff spots. Kansas City has won the division. No, they haven't. No, they haven't. They haven't won the division, but they have clinched the playoff spot in the AFC West at 11-2. and Great Thursday night game with uh, San Diego this week. Yes, really good one coming up. Patriots, a couple of games in front of the Dolphins, but the Dolphins keep a fighting chance after that crazy win yesterday. The Fish have now won two in a row. They're 7-6. and six. Patriots... Are nine and four. What a crazy ending to that game! Three laterals, play goes what about seventy yards, and Kenyon Drake makes Rod Gronkowski uh, not have any interest in playing defense at any point in his life moving forward. Why was he in the game? So they have put uh, Gronkowski in the game on hail mary situations at the end. A big tall guy got a chance to go up and knock it down. The problem is you can't throw a seventy-five or eighty-yard hail mary. That was kind of my counterpoint. I, I get why they would do that in that, like in a situation. The ball's like at that, midfield, but, but you can't like an injured Ryan Tannehill going to throw it. What I mean, it's seventy-plus yards, right? Yeah, to get it to the end zone. I think the ball is at the thirty-ish. How does the smartest guy in football know this? Not like how does he not know that's a lateral play? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Steelers have lost three in a row. They are scuffling a little bit. Did you see the end or hear the end of the Raiders-Steelers game yesterday? I watched it. So the Raiders drive down, score a touchdown to go ahead. They give a kickoff return up to about the 30. One play, hook and ladder. I was listening to Brent Musburger do the call on the radio. One play, hook and ladder. They get it down in field goal range. It's a 40-yard field goal to tie it up and send it to overtime. The guy, Charlie, browned it. The kicker slips. He kicked it into his center's rear end. Literally just slipped and fell back. back. They might miss the playoffs. I'm mean, As crazy as that sounds, they have uh, New England and New Orleans left on yeah. their schedule. Texans lead the division. They lost this week. Colts got a win earlier in the weekend, and so they're two back of Houston in the AFC South. NFC side of things, Cowboys have won five in a row, and Dak went crazy yesterday. took a while for him to get going, 
but he was great in the second half and overtime, right? was overtime. They scored on their first possession and ended the game. And it was on a play where it was kind of a weird play. Ball got batted into the air. Amari Cooper grabs it, races into the end zone, and Dallas wins 29-23. A career-high 455 passing yards for Dak Prescott. Zeke Elliott ran for 113, and Amari Cooper had 217 yards receiving. He's been kind of a big deal for Dallas. I'd say that was a good trade. Was people kind of killed them for spending a first round pick on him too? Yeah, uh, Bears defense is pretty good. They held the uh, the Rams to six points, two field goals in the game last night. Bears now lead the NFC North. Uh, they are nine and four. Minnesota behind them at six five and one, and then Green Bay kind of out of it at, at five and seven. They lose again yesterday. Uh, wait, Green Bay lost yesterday? No, Green Bay smoked Atlanta yesterday. Saints are eleven and two. They've clinched a playoff spot. In fact, they have won the division. Carolina is a disaster. And the Rams also have clinched their division at 11 and 2, but a win tonight for Seattle could be huge in the wildcard standings. Carolina was 6 and 2 at one point. Ooh, 5 in a row. A bit of a tailspin for the Carolina Panthers, losers of 5 straight. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Good being with you, Brian Haydad joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line and also Michael Borky and Mrs. Michael Borky on their honeymoon, joining us briefly, unannounced, from Jamaica. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 3 o'clock right here in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Good night. Talk Mississippi Media Production.